And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio shows may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We delivered over 20,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions for our sponsors last month. To learn more, feel free to contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All of our shows as podcasts can be found on our website, which is Critical Mass for which is for business.com. All right, as I said at the top of the show, our second guest is here. He's in the studio. He's in the chair. Don DeCostanzo of Pedigo Bikes is Electric Bikes, excuse me, is our guest. Don, welcome to the program. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your professional background, kind of your path to Pedigo Electric Bikes. Well, after graduating from school at Cal State Fullerton, I went to work for a company called Winds, the automotive chemical company. Most people know them as Winds Friction Proofing. And I worked my way up over 20 some odd years to become the president in 1999. And it was acquired in 2001 by a large industrial company. And I ended up working for them for a couple of years. And I left there and, and purchased another company that was competitive to Winds. And in that process, I also built and owned 40 car wash systems. 40. Yeah, and in 2008, I sold that out to my partner. 40 car wash systems sounds like a lot of car wash systems. Well, only one was a full-blown retail. The other 39 were in franchise car dealerships, and we pretty much put them in the car dealers so that they could automate the process of washing cars. So when you brought your car in for service, instead of waiting for the guy to wash the car and dry it, this would just be a machine that would wash it in 90 seconds. What a great revenue model then, right? Worked out very well. Okay, so I think I'd rather own 40 of those than 40 standalone cart with all the people. And ha- I mean, that sounds like a great idea. No question. It was a good business model, and uh, it didn't require the people. We just guaranteed right. that they would stay. They, they would always be operating, and if they failed, they would uh, be repaired within two hours. And the reality is we never had any fail because we properly maintained them, so they pretty much ran 24-7. So what was the geographic density or size of where your 40 installed units were? Pretty much across the southern United States all the way from Florida to California. So we had one in Cerritos, California, and one in Orlando, Florida. Most of them were in Arizona and Texas. Okay. High-growth areas, right? Yes. Yes. Good choice. All right. Well, quite the entrepreneur that we have here, ladies and gentlemen. So let's talk about electric bikes. I discovered you and your company at the recent TED Orange Coast Conference. You were there. I was fascinated by what you had. There was a line of people learning from you about electric bikes and your vision of that. So tell me a little bit about the inspiration for Pedigo and then the current product line that you're manufacturing and selling here in the U.S. Well, the inspiration was relatively simple. Uh, at the time, I had a beach house at the top of a hill, and I loved to ride my bike at the beach, but getting up the hill wasn't such a enjoyable experience. And I discovered electric bikes and thought that was a fairly novel concept, so I acquired one online. The product itself was a very poor quality product, but it got me up the hill. And I began to realize that there's something here for us aging baby boomers that still enjoyed riding bikes. We can ride bikes, but the main reason people don't ride bikes as they get older is hills. And the electric bike overcome the hills. So after buying about seven electric bikes that year, I then um, decided to open a retail store. 
And that was probably the best business lesson I could have learned because I got to understand what the customer wanted and what their desires and wants were and what their motivations were for buying electric bikes. So I opened a, an electric bike store next to the Crab Cooker restaurant in Newport Beach, literally contiguous to it. And uh, the first year I became the largest electric bike dealer in the country. And it wasn't because I was so good. It was because there really wasn't anybody else competing with me. Let me interrupt you for a second. In this model, you were the retailer. You weren't manufacturing bikes. You were selling other people's electric bikes? That's correct. Okay. I carried every brand I could get my hands on to try to understand what the customer wanted. And I worked in that store. I spent quite a few hours in there with dialogue with the customers. And it was a part-time hobby type business for me. I still owned the business that had the 40 car washes. And I did this as a hobby to kind of learn and as an experiment or as a market research project to understand what the opportunity is for electric bikes. And from there, I discovered that the companies that were making electric bikes were doing a poor job in the area of design, quality, and most importantly, service. When a bike broke, they couldn't help me fix it. Mm. And so we had a lot of frustrated customers, and I was a very frustrated dealer because I quick discovered that most of these people were interested in selling bikes, not in building a brand. So after a year, it became very clear to me that there was an opportunity to build a brand of electric bikes primarily in, in, in the United States. That was the original goal. Right. And so let's talk about your current lineup of bikes. If someone were to go to your website, we're going to give your website a little bit later in the show, but what do you see as the products that people want to buy? What are you making? Well, the bike industry is very fragmented, and there's lots of different segments, and people define them differently, but I define, uh, define them based on style. So the first style that we launched was a cruiser bike. We were in California, and people like to ride cruiser bikes, and so we went to the drawing board with a design company and said, we want to develop some really cool-looking, colorful cruiser bikes that are that are comfortable to ride and in multicolors. And one of the objections we had uh, when customers were coming into our store to buy electric bikes is they didn't have any color choice. And women in particular are very interested in colors. So we offer 12 different color choices. Hmm. They can have pink, purple, red. They want to put red rims on a pink bike. They can do that. We make all kinds of options available to them. So the start of our product line on our foundation was to build a California-styled cruiser bike. And we became successful with that all over the world because as we came to find out that everybody in the world wants to ride a California-styled cruiser bike. Yeah, that sounds... And, and, and for three years, that was our only product line, and we had many iterations and many colors. We came out with a cruiser tandem bike. We came out with a wow. smaller cruiser bike so that people that weren't that tall could ride it, and it became a smashing success. But we found there were others that didn't want a cruiser bike. They wanted more of a traditional bike. So our next product line was a city commuter bike, more of a traditional style bike, a little thinner tires, a little more of a... Uh, a, a traditional riding position, and uh, we thought that might have a good success, and it's turned out it's, it's probably going to become the world's best-selling electric bike because they're, ad they're adapted all. Everyone loves them all over the world. When you say it's an electric bike, for those listening in the audience who may not be familiar with how the motor and the pedaling, can you just give us a short kind of overview on what's different about electric bike than a traditional bike? Well, they're really the same, except there's four additional components on it that power it. And uh, the main uh, propulsion system is a motor. And in our case, that's buried in the back wheel in the hub. 
Some people can't even see it. The second and most critical item is the battery itself. What's going to power it? What's going to give it energy? Then two other components are the microprocessor we refer to, refer to as a controller, and it's the item that, that actually tells the motor what to do. And then the fourth component is the throttle, which goes right on the steering wheel and just or on the handlebars, I should say. You just envision that like a motorcycle throttle. So when you want to ride the bike, you can pedal it just like a regular bike. You never even have to turn the power on. But when you come to a hill or you want to go a little faster, then you can flip the switch on or it can be on already, and then you can just give it a little bit of energy by twisting the throttle toward you, and it will propel you up the hill. They look like regular bikes. Most people can't even tell they're electric bikes by looking at them because they they look like ordinary bikes. That's something we did that was unique. Most people made their electric bikes what I would say, ugly. <laughs> and it's kind of like the car business. When you think about all the electric cars that are out here, they all look ugly. I mean, they weren't the most attractive until Tesla came on and built right. an attractive one. Yeah. That was kind of a, a, a thing that turned the tide in the whole business. They proved that you could build an attractive uh, electric car that would go 200 or 250 miles on range. And sort of the same things happened in the electric bike industry. Lee Iacocca came out with his bike in 1997. It was ugly. It was heavy. It was poorly constructed. And it was expensive. And all those things, any one of those alone would kill anybody. Yeah. And after $50 million in five years, they shut down because they just had the wrong business model. So it's almost on demand. The electric bike's power is on demand then. You can use it or not use it, and you use it when you need it, and the rest of the time it's a biking experience is what it sounds like. Dave. For the most part, there's two types of systems. One's called a pedal on demand. Okay. Some people, where you do do it on demand. The other one is a pedal assist system where the bike automatically propels you at some predetermined amount of energy level that oh. you set. And we, our bikes have both of those features oh. on it. So if you wanted to ride it along and not worry about the throttle and set it to one of five power settings, you could say, well, I'm going to cruise along at about 10 miles an hour. I'll set it at power setting three. And it would give you like you were giving a little push, like somebody was pushing wow. along the back to help propel you. That's so cool. And that smile on your face is what everybody says when they ride it. Right. Most people don't get it in an explanation, but if they experience it and go out and try one, uh-huh. they come back with a big fat grin on their face and smiling ear to ear saying, wow, this is fun. So we have about two minutes until our next commercial break, and I'm talking with Don DiCostanza, and he is the founder of Pedigo Electric Bikes. Let me ask you, how do you charge it? Simply, just like you would charge your phone or your computer, there's a small charger that you plug in, and you plug it into the battery, and it charges it either on the bike or you can remove the battery and take it inside and charge it there. And it takes anywhere from an hour to five hours, depending on how much it's been depleted. Okay, so with elect- you use the electric car analogy, Tesla. My question for you is, how much energy do you have in those battery packs? In other words, if I'm going out for a bike ride, what can I expect? How much assistance can I expect? And I know your mileage may vary, but generally speaking, how long does the charge last when you're riding the bike? Well, if you were to take a 180-pound rider and he didn't pedal at all, zero pedaling, a minimum of 20 miles, and wow. depending on the battery, and that's on our basic battery. We have batteries now that will get up to 50 miles on our charge, so the range is never an issue. People think it is, but it's not really distant. And, and the truth of the matter is if you run out of energy on a Tesla, you have to push it or get a tow truck. If you run out of energy on an electric bike, you can still pedal. You can still get home. Yeah, oh, that's classic. Okay. Well, we're going to take our third and final commercial time out here on Critical Mass Radio show and when we come back i'm going to ask you about the world of electric bikes because i want to learn a little bit more i didn't realize when you opened your store you could actually find that many electric bikes from that many different manufacturers so i want to understand the future of electric bikes and we're going to talk a little bit more about that ladies and gentlemen as well as get to your website etc so stay tuned you're listening to critical mass radio show we'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors (music) 
If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitment in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Again, we'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. In the last 30 days, you've downloaded over 12,000 episodes of our Critical Mass Radio Show series. We here at the program appreciate your continued support. Our guest today in the second segment is Don DiCostanzo, and he is the founder of Pettigo Electric Bikes. When we stopped the interview before to take our commercial time out. I said I wanted to ask you, Don, about the state of the electric bike industry. So can you help us uh, give us a sense, because it sounds like you and your firm are drivers of this industry, enabling kind of more people to adopt electric bikes who may want them. You said your your products are being sold around the globe, too. So can you just give us a sense for how's the market maturing and developing? Well, here in the U.S., it's a very uh, small and, and immature market in that there aren't really a whole lot of providers um, that have been successful. There's a lot of them tried and failed, but nobody's been really successful in, in getting building a brand name here. And I think even our competitors would admit that we're the market leader. Hmm. We're not the biggest, but we're clearly people look at what we're doing and they copy us. Okay. We go to shows, we show our product. The next show, everyone's got the same product, just like ours, only different iterations. So, Do you think others have failed because of the things that you talked about earlier, the looks, the aesthetics, the quality? the Or what is it that when people get into this industry aren't able to capitalize on it like you've been able to with Pedigo? Well, I think the most important thing is, is we're not out to sell an electric bike. We're out to build a brand. We're out to get established as being the leader and the expert in it. And our goal was to just do it in the United States. We saw that it was a big enough, big enough opportunity, and there wasn't really anybody doing that. It was a very, it's still a very fragmented industry, and very few people are focused on building a brand. They all want to sell bikes. But I think the secret to our success is been able to have the combination of style, 
quality and price and be able to deliver it through local dealers because it's just like an automobile. When the bike breaks, there needs to be somebody you can take it to. So most of the people end up trying to sell them online, hmm. and there's a limited amount, and there's it's very price competitive. If you're selling online, that's great if you're buying shampoo and you know the brand. But on an electric bike, it's a little different, and uh, you want to experience it. You want to get one that fits you right. You want to make one that you feel comfortable riding. So the test ride has been really, really important, and we push hard for people to take test rides to the point that if somebody's willing to go to any of our dealers and take a test ride, we'll give them a Pedego sports watch free just for taking a test drive. Because we realize that once we get people to try them, they put a big smile on their face. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when and how much when they'll get one. So we really drive that test ride home at all of our dealers and in everything we do. How did you go about selecting dealers then? Well, that's been very interesting. We kind of followed the Apple model, except we have entrepreneurs. So if you walked into a Pedego store, now we have about 30 of them. They only sell Pedegos and accessories. So you'd walk in and the bikes would be along the floor, much like if you walk into an Apple store, they're all on the counter there. And then on the walls are all the accessories that are related. And when people buy an electric bike, typically they haven't owned a bike in a long time. So they need a light and a basket and they want okay. a, they want, they want uh, a helmet. And there's a whole list of things they do. And after they buy it, they'll come back and buy more accessories so we've kind of made it an experience you're finding partners i'm, I'm kind of on the limb here but don't the dealers who are setting up the pedago dealerships they are independent business owners correct rather than having company-owned operations we decided we'd go the entrepreneur right and we set up dealerships and we give them exclusive territories and we won't put another pedago store near them and they're all entrepreneurs 100 percent. so they're committed to the business we've got a lot of them are uh, we've got one uh, one that's uh, 68 years old one that's 65 years old it's like their second career after they've retired we've got a gentleman open up in Illinois that's 77 years old. He basically bought a bike, loved it, said, I like this is great, bought one for his wife. She loves it and decided all his friends wanted it and thought there was a business model. After 12 years, he's coming out of retirement to open up a, a Pedego store in it's Illinois. It's nice to have those kind of people in your community, isn't it? With that kind of experience and track record to help you guide and grow the business as well, I would think. I think the, one of the secrets to our sex is we've, we've created some evangelists, um, and, and they go out and preach the word, and they talk about the bikes, and they ride them, and they live the, they, they, they walk the walk, and they, t- they talk the talk, and they actually live it to the point almost every one of our dealers started out as a customer. Wow. Wow, that's like a white paper. That's like a that's that says something, doesn't it? I mean, I you know I liked it so much. I started a dealership around it, kind of an idea. That's a that's a powerful concept. I'm I'm wondering too when your bikes are out in the public, do people observe and do they recognize their electric bikes, and does that create awareness for your brand as well? Well, we we had one customer that called up from uh, Georgia, and she says, "I just can't ride my bike anymore." And we asked her why. She goes, everywhere I go, people ask me about it. I can't get my shopping done. I can't do anything. And yeah, it is. I mean, if you own a Pedego, you might as well get used to people asking about it because they see, particularly if you're riding up a hill and you're, you're going by some of these guys that are struggling and you're just breezing up the hill, you may be pedaling, you may not be. When I see a group of cyclists struggling up a hill, usually I'll ride up the hill and I'll pedal backwards. <laughs> and, and usually you'd see them all do yeah. double takes. Yeah, and then like they'll that. yell something out like you're cheating. And my response is that you guys have given a new word word to the word cheating with Lance Armstrong. Yeah, there you go. So tell me about the other side of it then. Let's go inside Pedego from a sense of how do you get the basic elements of the bike? How do you assemble them? What is your kind of footprint or business model for today for the firm? Well, the first thing is we're focused on the customer and our number one goal in our customer in our company is to delight our customers. 
We live by that every day. And when, when we have a situation where it's an, an opportunity, it's a problem, no matter what it is, we always ask the question, how can we delight the customer? So the products themselves we design here in California. We have a professional design firm. We spec every single component. The bill of materials on a bike is about 50 different components. And we use as many brand name components as we can. They're, they're manufactured in China because all bike, almost all bike components in the U.S. are made in China. They're sold all over the world are made in China. And the U.S. has an interesting duty situation. If we bring in a complete bike, there's no duty. If we bring in the parts to build a bike, there's a 5% duty. So they're discouraging us from building bikes here. Right. And then the bikes are final assembled here and quality assured, final quality assurances here, and then we ship them out to our dealers. Your dealer network, is it global now? Yeah, we have uh, distributors uh, all over the world. I just came back from a trip to South Africa where we have a distributor, and there's a Pedigo store in Cape Town is opening on December 1st. We have a, a new dis- distributor in Dubai, which is going to cover the Middle East. We have a, a distributor in Russia. We have one in South in uh, in uh, Australia, one in New Zealand. We have one in Canada, and we have one in um, Europe. Okay, so this is an internet show. It's going around the world. Are there markets that you're looking to get into that you don't currently have a relationship with someone that, if they're listening in that country, might? Latin America is about the only open place. We do have a Latin distributor America. in Colombia, but other countries down there we could use. Uh, we Latin and South America, both? Yes. Okay, both. okay. Western Hemisphere, great. Yes. What is the future for your firm. It's exciting. Up, You've got it up to this point. Where do you see future going? You know, in any business, it's concept, and then it's proof of concept, and then it's scaling. Clearly, we're in the scaling phase, and it's the most exciting, and it's expanding the product line, which we're coming out with a whole series of new products. So we've got three new products coming out. We partnered with Ford Motor Company. We're coming out with the Ford electric bike. will be launched uh, in January. Uh, what, they, what's a Ford electric bike? Well, it's thing? an electric bike made by us that will be marketed under the Ford name. And really? they, like, like me, believe that an electric bike is a gateway drug to an electric car. Oh. And, I, and I drive a Tesla. Okay. Anybody who, and most of our customers, if they don't already have an electric car, buy a Prius or get a Ford Focus okay. or get one of the electric models that are out and there. And they probably put solar power on their house. And I mean, who knows? Correct. Because they're the early adopters right. and they recognize that the future of transportation is going to be electrified. And while there's some stumbling blocks, I think that the electrification of transportation is what the dot com or the uh, internet was when we had dial up and we would hear that screeching sound and right. you've got mail or you're connected. Right. And that's where we are today. So the opportunity is still wide open and very few people are even aware of been exposed to electric bikes or electric cars for that matter but thanks to Tesla they're getting a lot of good press on what that is and electric bikes are starting to get some mention we were in the LA Times in June and we were in the New York Times last week we're starting to get the the very favorable press that's given getting us some real traction well getting coverage in two large major metropolitan newspapers like the LA and New York Times can't be anything but good for your dealers and for your brand it caused us to have a shortage on products this year <laughs> Hallelujah with that. And so if someone likes bikes with gears and, and, and that, you have that, is that in your lineup? Oh, yeah. Our, our bikes all have gear systems on them. We build a fat tire bike for people who want to ride off-road. We call it the Trail Tracker. Our cargo bike will be introduced in December. And um, we have a, um, a, a mountain bike that will be coming out in the spring. So we've pretty much got the styles to cover anybody that's interested in cycling. And each individual has a different preference on what they want to do, much like if you bought an automobile. People get different sizes, different styles, and different brands. We offer the different styles and the different sizes. How many people are in your firm? We have 12 right now on our payroll in, in here. We have a philosophy of uh, cutting the cloth to fit the pattern. And one of the things Lee Iacocca did when he failed at his business, he, he scaled to build 12,000 
bikes a year, and, and from uh, I'm sorry, fifty thousand bikes a year. And in seven years he was in, or five years he was in business, he sold a total of twelve thousand. So we said let's scale to build twelve thousand bikes over five years rather than build fifty thousand. And if we need to, we'll grow from there. So how much of your previous business experience and entrepreneurial time is benefiting you today, growing and scaling Pedago bikes, electric bikes? Well, I would say that because I grew up in the marketing business and I worked for a company like Wins, which was a tremendous marketing machine worldwide, and we had distributors all over the world, I used the same ideas and concepts that Wins built their distributorship with, you know, over a period of 65 years. Back then, they didn't have fast-flying airplanes and, and, and email. I think they did everything on telex and all that. It must have been a painful process. It took them about 25 years to build a distribution system that I was able to build in about five years with a whole lot less people. So that's played a, a very key role, but most importantly, understanding the consumer. Uh, the best thing I did for this was to own a retail bike store right. and understand what it's like to be a dealer, because then I always go in favor of what the dealer does, because I'm on their side, and uh, more importantly, understanding the consumer, what the consumer wants, and that to me, that's critical. So, can you share with us the price range for your bikes? Sure. Our bikes are all between $2,000 and $3,000 price range. The basic bike is $2,000. The top of the line is $3,000, everything. It's just a matter of options that you want on it. Fundamentally, the, the components for electric, the battery is the most expensive part. Okay. And that's we've got a, guarantee, a warranty on that for three years. So, the bike itself is, but I can't think of anything that you or I could buy today for any amount of money, whether you had a dollar to spend or a million dollars, that would be as much fun as an electric bike. And if you find out what it is, please let me know because I'll buy one. Okay. If someone wants to learn more about you and your firm and the story, what's your website? There's three ways to uh, to, to find out more about us. The first way would be go to our website, pedigo.com. It will then uh, take you to pedigoelectricbikes.com. And there, there are our dealer locator. And uh, you can locate one of our dealers. We have several hundred across the, uh, the country. We just have 30 that are Pedigo-only stores, but we have another 200 and some odd independent dealers that carry other brands of bikes as well. And then uh, the third way would be to send an email to don at pedigo.com. That's P-E-D-E-G-O. Or call us at 800 800- 800-646-8604. Again, that's 800-646-8604. Final question. I know I kind of usually wrap up with that question, but we earlier we had a gentleman on talking about exit strategies. I've got to ask you, what is your exit strategy for this business? Do you have one? Well, I listened very intently to that uh, podcast, and I'm going to download it and listen to it again, and I'm, I've asked him for his book. Uh, we're like every company he described in that interview. Uh, you know, we just it's just not on our radar screen right now. We're having way too, way too much fun, but he brought up a very good point. At some point, there's going to be an exit strategy. At this point, we're just building a brand, and we're trying to build it from a $10 million company to a $100 million company, and we think the potential is to become a billion-dollar company. Wow. So it's just going through that process, and certainly it'd be way too early now to sell it. Yeah, I got goosebumps when you said that. That is so exciting. We're going to have you back because this you are an unbelievable success story, and, and I love your discipline disciplined approach to how you're building this business and starting by owning a dealer is like again ring, ring the bell here engineer because that's a life lesson thank you don for being on the program being a friend of the show and welcome to our community thank you for having me my pleasure all right ladies and gentlemen we're going to get out on this episode of critical mass radio show we do appreciate you listening to it our engineer today was paul roberts our marketing communications manager is, is Kathleen Shepard. Our producer is Rachel Franzi, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank our sponsors, again, for their sponsorship of the program. That is Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, Smart Stop Self Storage, and Decision Technologies. This is Rick Franzi saying, until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your business decisions will move your firm in a positive direction.
You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on OC Talk Radio, Orange County's only community radio station.